What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Tune in to Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD, and join the conversation about how to heal our broken system to reverse our current health crisis. The entire world is looking for answers, and the truth is hidden in plain sight. Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time when you can call in and ask the questions that matter most to you. Good afternoon and welcome to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe, and we're live here on Dream Vision 7 Radio. And so today our topic is why fatigue is the doorway to a thousand diseases and business failure. Uh, we're going to talk about why fatigue and not genetics is actually underlying many, many diseases. Um, and of course, if you are a wellness warrior entrepreneur, uh, you know now, by now, if you've been listening to the podcast, that um, your business is intimately tied to your health, especially, again, given the fact that 99% of corporations in the United States are small business owners. And again, we are essentially our business. And so, therefore, our health is also our business's health. And um, this idea that fatigue is actually the root cause of a lot of diseases uh, is not really well discussed, um, if at all discussed. And when I actually looked for medical studies on fatigue, I could barely find any. Um, it is not a well-studied topic. And surprisingly, it's a very common symptom. Um, I would estimate probably eight out of every 10 clients that I see in my office uh, are fatigued on some level. They either wake up tired or uh, they get tired sooner than they should, or they get tired after they eat, or they feel like they got hit by a truck if they work out, or, you know, if they sit still too long, they fall asleep, you know. So eight out of 10 people have some kind of related story uh, to fatigue. And it wasn't until I studied traditional Chinese medicine that I started to get the link. Um, and it was a, a source of tremendous frustration to me when I graduated from medical school and then residency. We were not trained on how to treat fatigue. And it felt like every single patient I saw, even as an OBGYN, uh, before I started to do more holistic medicine and integrative medicine, every woman I saw was tired, you know? Um, and if they weren't tired, they were trying to lose weight. And if they weren't trying to lose weight, they were depressed or anxious or they couldn't sleep, um, you know, and, and so these clusters of symptoms were always present, it seemed, in practically every patient that I saw for an annual exam. That frustration led me to study Chinese medicine um, and then eventually functional medicine. Um, and it didn't dawn on me at first that fatigue was the root cause of a lot of diseases, um, until much later when I started to write my book, The Answer to Cancer. And when I studied the relationship uh, 
uh, with cancer, like the, the patterns that, that are the, at the heart of cancer, according to traditional Chinese medicine theory, what I kept seeing repeated over and over and over and over was what the Chinese called spleen qi deficiency. Um, and again, spleen does not mean the little organ that sits behind your stomach um, in your abdomen. It's an energy field in Chinese medicine. So when they talk about organs in TCM or Chinese medicine, they're not talking about physical structures. They're actually talking about energy fields. Um, and spleen qi is responsible for making vital qi and blood, uh, according to Chinese medicine. And, you know, when you first study Chinese medicine, it, it, it's so confusing and circular that you have to literally forget everything you know about medicine to let it sink in. Um, and so uh, that's what I had to do to really actually begin to deeply understand Chinese medicine. And I had to tell myself, like, I'm not a doctor. I know nothing about medicine. I'm just going to sit here and listen um, and absorb this information. And then finally, it started to sink in and make sense. And then what I could do was loosely translate Chinese medicine into what I knew about human physiology as a medical doctor. Now you can't really translate Chinese medicine into allopathic medicine. They do not um, flow because um, Chinese medicine is talking about energy. It's, it's loosely talking about quantum physics, quantum mechanics, whereas allopathic medicine is talking more about what we would identify as Newtonian physics, physical physics. Um, so, so one system is very physical, the other one's very energetic, um, almost ethereal, we could say. Um, it's only when we start to understand that everything is energy before it becomes a physical structure and that that energy actually creates the function within that physical structure that we can start to connect the dots, but they're still loosely connected. There's no real way to translate damp uh, you know, from Chinese medicine into allopathic medicine. So we have to somewhat say, well, it's kind of like inflammation. It's kind of like water retention, um, you know, and it can lead to poor circulation. What we would understand is poor circulation and, and stagnation of energy. Um, and so there's always this loose translation. So there's no direct, you know, uh, links per se. But as you start to drill into the, the function of the body, you start to see the hidden links in the background. So when we look at spleen qi deficiency, you know, everywhere I looked at every pattern that caused cancer was spleen qi deficiency. Now there were other patterns, there were four main patterns that um, you know, were, were underlying uh, cancer, but they all involved spleen qi. Um, and spleen chi, if we loosely translate that, we can translate that into metabolism. You know, we understand chi as vital energy, so we can loosely translate that into metabolism. Uh, metabolism, again, is a fancy medical term uh, for how the body makes and uses its energy. That's what we call metabolism, right? So we relate that to how many calories do we burn in a day? those calories are being burned in response to body function. So, you know, maybe it takes two calories for you to see something for a split second or however it, the body would translate that. But that's how we can see metabolism. We can see metabolism, this is how I make and use my energy in my body. 
every single one of your cells has to do that in order to then translate or use that energy to create its function. Uh, so your eyes, in order to see, every eye cell has to make and use energy to power the function of sight, whether it's to tell colors apart, shades of gray, to have 3D perception, night vision, to see rapid motion, to see slow motion, you know, all those things are functions of eye cells. Um, and so we can loosely understand, okay, chi kind of means metabolism. Chi kind of means how I make and use my energy in my body. And spleen chi deficiency um, is one of the main symptoms of spleen chi deficiency, almost by definition, is fatigue. So somebody kind of has to be tired uh, in order to be diagnosed with spleen chi deficiency. Um, now, you can also have other reasons for fatigue, but usually at the heart, there is some level of spleen chi deficiency, especially in actual diseases. Um, so in traditional Chinese medicine, what I began to understand is, okay, so when someone is tired, they are at the beginning stages of a pattern that can lead to cancer. Um, so I started to envision fatigue and disease on a spectrum where someone started out tired and if they didn't correct the underlying causes of their fatigue, they would move down the spectrum. Um, and at the time I was studying cancer to write my book. And so the end result was the cancer. So as soon as you could fix the fatigue, so to speak, correct the underlying patterns or create, uh, correct the underlying reasons for the fatigue, you would move that person back away from the diagnosis of cancer. And so we could then logically see how correcting fatigue could prevent a cancer diagnosis. Um, and then what I started to realize is, well, but every disease would similarly be preventable if we could change the original pattern that was bringing us along the spectrum. And so what I began to think was, well, maybe now someone's genetics has to do with which disease they get at the end of the spectrum, right? So if you have a genetic predisposition to cancer and you're tired and you don't fix that fatigue, you know, the underlying cause of the fatigue and you keep moving down the spectrum, if you are genetically predisposed to cancer, then that's the disease that you would get. If you are genetically predisposed to Alzheimer's, that's the disease you'd get. If you're genetically predisposed to diabetes, that's the disease you'd get. So at the end of the spectrum is where the genes started to matter. But all along the rest of the pathway, it was all about the environment. It was all about correcting the underlying cause of the fatigue, right? And, and that has to do with the inside of your cells on a physical level. Um, we'll talk about the emotional aspects too. But on a physical level, you get fatigued because your body can't burn as many calories as it wants to in order to perform all of its functions. So it starts to shut functions down that it doesn't think are important, you know, like growing hair, for example, growing muscles, growing bones. Those functions are not as important to your body if it doesn't have enough energy for every system. So it starts to kind of skimp on certain uh, systems and um, um, prefer other systems, especially the really critical ones, right? So the cardiovascular system, the heart itself, the lungs themselves, 
um, are priority one for your body because your heart has to beat and your lungs have to breathe. Otherwise you drop dead immediately. Um, hair follicles, not so much, right? Limbs, not so much. Bones, not so much. You'll still be alive even if those systems are really kind of being ignored. Um, and so that's environmental. That has to do with the inside of the cells. That has to do with whether the cells have enough vitamins, minerals, proteins, fats to convert that into usable energy, right? Um, and so Fatigue is the probably one of the earliest warning signs of risk of disease for that reason. Now, again, we don't have a ton of studies because unfortunately we have not studied fatigue. <laughs> you know? um, I looked and I looked and I looked for studies on fatigue. Now, burnout is becoming increasingly you know, talked about, right? Because of, uh, you know, especially during the pandemic, when everybody started to really kind of reconsider what they were doing with their lives and um, you know, we, we were hunkered down and had to kind of be with ourselves for a while. And we started to really be more introspective. Um, and we started to realize that we were, you know, obviously burnt out as a society. Um, and we were normalizing our fatigue, right? And, and so there's a way that even I, as a medical doctor, learned to normalize fatigue um, in myself, right? Um, you know, medical training is brutal, right? Uh, you have to be up all night. You have to study day and night. Um, you're up delivering babies all night. You're up doing emergency surgeries all night. Um, and you don't get to sleep. And then you're up all day, you know, back to the, uh, back, uh, you know, taking care of more people. Um, and then, of course, going home and having to take care of yourself and, you know, family members, et cetera. And so we learn to normalize that. We learn to say, well, that's just how my life is, you know, suck it up, keep moving. Um, and, you know, th there's a very, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a word, militaristic, militant way that uh, medical training and residency programs are run. They're much better today than they were when I did them. You know, they came up with all these laws just as I graduated uh, so that, you know, medical residents would not be as abused as they were when I was in my training. Um, you know, so they have restricted the number of hours that residents can be awake and, you know, things like that since then. Um, but it's still brutal even today. Um, and many careers are, are brutal even today, right? So, so nurses working night shifts, you know, brutal, the military, brutal, you know, um, you know, th these things are things that we accept as normal as things that we have to do. And so we learn to normalize fatigue. Um, and we learn to say to patients who are tired, like, oh, well, you're, you know, 35, you should expect to be tired or, oh, you're a mother of two children. You should expect to be tired. It's normal. Um, it's not normal. Um, it is a byproduct of the way we have come to live our lives, but it's not actually normal, right? So even raising children, we never raised children in isolation until modern living, right? We raised children as a community um, a few hundred years ago. And, and certainly thousands of years ago, right? Um, the community raised the children, not, you know, individual parents alone and isolated. So this is a phenomenon of modern living. So that has induced this fatigue that we have normalized. This fatigue is the very beginning of what will eventually become a disease if we don't treat it at its root, right? And in traditional Chinese medicine, it's also known and understood that emotions cause diseases. Um, 
Now, it's also important to distinguish what the Chinese call diseases, right? So what we would identify as symptoms, they actually cause call diseases. So a headache, we would think to be a symptom. They call it a disease. So things that we think are just symptoms that we try and figure out if someone has a disease, they call the initial symptom a disease. So they understand that every symptom matters and every symptom uh, should be corrected, right? They don't wait until there's a cluster of symptoms that they can then see if there's what we would call a disease, right? So what we would call a disease is diabetes, heart disease, cancer. The Chinese don't wait for all that to call something a disease. They start really early. So, so fatigue is a disease in Chinese medicine, right? Um, it's not considered to be just a symptom. Um, and so they would treat it as, as a standalone thing. And they would look at the underlying causes of the fatigue on an energetic level and rebalance the body. And so the seven emotions uh, affect or cause diseases according to traditional Chinese medicine. And so each energy field in traditional Chinese medicine is related to a certain emotion. Um, and so the liver, for example, which is the stress organ in TCM is related to the, the emotion of anger. The heart is related to the emotion of joy. You know, the spleen is um, related to the emotion of pensiveness or uh, rumination, uh, overthinking. You know, um, kidney is, or excuse me, lung is related to the emotion of sadness and grief. Kidney is related to the emotion of fear. Um, any any uh, uh, incomplete processing of those emotions will lead to disease eventually if they are not processed uh, correctly and allowed to flow. Um, and so each emotion does something to your energy, uh, does something to your vital energy. And again, we can loosely say that it does something to our metabolism, right? And so anger makes chi rise. So it makes chi go up. Right, so when we're mad, everything flies upward. Right, um, joy slows chi down. Uh, so when we're happy, and if we're overly happy, right? So there's such a thing as being overly happy um, in in TCM. If we don't process that joy properly, it will slow our metabolism um, or slow our chi. Uh, sadness will basically um, scatter chi. Um, worry will what they call not chi. Um, in other words, make it clump together. Um, also, overthinking will not chi or make it clump and, and stagnate it. Um, and fear makes chi descend or go down. Um, and so each emotion does something to your energy or to loosely speaking, if we translate that into something physiological or physical, um, we can say it does something to our metabolism. Um, and so this is in Chinese medicine, how we can start or using Chinese medicine, how we can kind of start to see how emotions and stress and, and what that does to the body can cause our metabolism to shift and change in ways we don't like, you know, and, and whether we have an excessive metabolism with a lot of inflammation and toxicity, 
Uh, and we have what we, what I call an excess dynamic metabolic type or whether we have a deficient dynamic metabolic type, right? So whether we're fatigued because we're drained and, and the body is missing a lot of things that it requires, we're still going to be tired, right? Fatigue is the central symptom, um, regardless of whether you have an excessive dynamic metabolic type or a deficient one, right? And that's also regardless of whether it's a hot excess, a cold excess, or temperature neutral excess, or the same temperatures in a deficient category, whether it's a hot deficient, cold deficient, or neutral deficient dynamic metabolic type, you're gonna be tired either way. Um, and so this is again, how we can start to see like, okay, so correcting my fatigue will then help me to not only feel better, uh, but also unknowingly prevent diseases, right? Because if I correct my metabolism, um, it's harder and harder to get diseases, right? If the environment inside my body is such that I have proper body function, it's really hard for me to get a disease, right? Unless it's something traumatic, right? Unless I, God forbid, get into a, a you know traumatic car accident or some external event, you know, a, a shocking trauma happens, right? That those would be about the only ways that. Um, you know, the, the body could really be shocked into a disease, right? But if the physiology is normal, as normal as possible, if metabolism is as normal as possible, then we can start to see like, oh, this is how I can prevent myself from moving along the spectrum and then having my genes, you know, that predispose me to certain diseases actually lead to that diagnosis. So we're coming up on our first commercial break. You are listening to Awaken Wellness Now, and we will continue uh, our discussion on the other side of this commercial break. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobe. That's M-Y-L-A-I-N-E-R-I-O-B-E-M-D. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milen the questions that matter most most to you. Dr. Milen is the founder of Awakened Wellness Now, an online education community dedicated to helping exhausted entrepreneurs recover from burnout and live their best lives. She's also a practicing physician at the New York Center for Integrative Health in New York City. For more information, visit awakenedwellnessnow.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic forward-thinking show. Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. 
have a guest, mention a sponsor and take callers, or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milena Riobe, and today we are talking about why fatigue is the doorway to a thousand diseases and business failure. Um, so we have a question here. Can I heal myself if I change my thinking or emotions? Um, yes, you can heal yourself uh, through the processing of the emotion. So in TCM, it's the it's the stuckness of the emotions. It, it's the um, lack of the flow of the emotions that creates the disease down the road. Um, so you know, in Western society, we tend to stuff our emotions. We tend to um, um, you know bypass our emotions, uh, ignore our emotions, just like we ignore our fatigue. Right? It's just go 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 go. You know, don't stop. Um, and so these emotions get stuck, trapped, um, you know, and they're just not processed. Uh, oftentimes quite subconsciously, like we don't even know, right? And then suddenly, you know, something triggers the emotion and we're reacting to that thing. But what we're actually reacting to is something that happened like 30 years ago when we were like five or something, right? So we think we're angry or upset or sad about what's happening now, but we're just replaying the anger or the sadness or the fear that occurred way back when, right? Um, and so it's it's actually allowing those way back when emotions um, to be processed and to actually flow, right? So when we look at what the emotions do to chi, they do something to it, right? They raise it, they drop it, they scatter it, they clump it up. Um, you know, so so none of that is smooth, right? It's it's oh, it's going this way, it's going that way, it's going out, it's going in, um, and so you know, it, it has to flow, it has to flow normally through, and not get stuck anywhere. Um, so so if you're angry, your emotions are flying, you know, up. It's sending your energy up, 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 right? And and that's an imbalance. Um, if it's constantly going down because you're always in fear, that's an imbalance, right? Um, and emotions cost energy, uh, so they they wear you out eventually, right? Um, and so this is, again, where the spleen chi deficiency comes from is 
your body is using up so much energy trying to get around those emotions, trying to still get its work done despite those emotions. And we may or may not even know they exist, right? They, they may be so buried in our subconscious, but but they're not buried inside your cells, right? Uh, your cells still are dealing with this, this obstructed metabolism or deficient metabolism or whatever they're, they're dealing with, they still have to find all kinds of ways around. And so, yes, you can heal yourself through processing the emotion. Um, and so there are a couple different ways, right? So heart math is, is a hack, a breathing hack where through your breathing, you uh, cause smooth flow of metabolism with the goal of kind of dislodging um, these emotions, right? So in heart math, the quick coherence technique, that three minute breathing technique we always talk about, uh, what you're doing is you're controlling your, your, uh, your physiology, your nervous system through your breath, you know? Um, and we understand now that we actually do control our physiology through our breath, right? But if we have uh, unprocessed stuck emotions, that controls our breath if we're not paying attention, right? So, so if we're not consciously breathing, the subconscious emotional patterns are controlling our breathing for us, right? Because we have to breathe one way or the other, right? So we can either breathe in a pattern that um, uh, magnifies the stress and makes it worse, or we can breathe in a way that smooths it out, right? So if we're if we're doing heart math breathing and the quick coherence technique, you know, we're breathing in and out through the nostrils, not holding the breath and taking a deep breath, you're driving all that oxygen down into your lungs, you know, to, to the base of your lungs where there's a lot more room to exchange oxygen. So you get a ton more oxygen into the body that opens up your blood vessels, right? That controls the nervous system and turns on the calmer part of our nervous system. Um, and that allows the emotions to kind of pass through, um, to be smoothed out. So using heart math, you don't necessarily have to relive your trauma um, to resolve the emotions. Now, some people may need to have that kind of therapy where you relive the trauma, but you reprocess it, right? So <clears throat> we kind of call that reparenting our inner child, right? Um, you, you go back to them, you allow the memory to, to rise up, um, and then you sit with it, right? And, and you almost kind of talk to it, listen to it. You, you don't drive the conversation, but you, you listen to it. Um, and it will kind of tell you what's bothering it, right? And there's a way that you can reprogram that memory um, and relive the experience in the way that you would have preferred. Um, and we understand now using uh, science, actually, that if we relive an experience differently than the way it originally occurred, we literally change the physiology of the body as if that positive experience actually occurred, you know? So there's a way, uh, and, and some, you know, again, there are multiple different levels of trauma, right? So, so there's some trauma that you cannot process alone. You need to have a therapist um, and, and have very, very close supervision. But for things that are a little bit more, um, you know, not as deeply traumatic, you can kind of relive the uh, experience, but play it out in the way that you prefer.
So, you know, if there was a situation where, I don't know, you applied to a school and you got, you know, quote unquote, rejected, right? Um, and now you're deeply upset about that because uh, you're reading the rejection letter, right? You can sit with that and ask yourself, like, you know, what is that? What does that feel like to me? And where have I experienced this before? And you just sit with that. And then your own memory will be like, oh, when you were five and you got rejected on the playground, you know, you wanted to play with those kids and you felt awful, right? Um, and so you, you can then see that memory comes up for you. And what you can do is you can kind of parent yourself as the five-year-old, um, you know, and and comfort yourself. And, and maybe the parent would would play with that child, you know, so that the child wouldn't feel lonely. Um, so what you're really doing is you're kind of parenting yourself. So, um, you know, you, you can certainly work with a therapist who is uh, expert at doing that, but, you know, kind of parenting your inner child so that, yes, you can heal those things. And so that way you smooth out the experience, you make it more positive, And that literally changes the physiology of the experience that you had as a five-year-old, right? And it minimizes you reliving that experience in other scenarios throughout, you know, your life. So yes, that's a, a great question. Um, question, would you recommend changing my job to improve my tiredness? Um, it depends, right? Um, so one thing I universally tell people is if you have a night shift job, absolutely change your job at the first opportunity that you get. Um, that's almost universal. Like we have so much data that um, night shifts are just just so detrimental to health. Um, so we have studies that show that uh, nurses that work on night shifts have a higher rate of breast cancer than the general population. You know, and there are many many other studies similar to that. So. Um, you know, but it depends on what the cause of the fatigue is, right? So, so you'd have to really look into that. Um, you could do the burnout assessment, figure out, you know, which one of the six dynamic metabolic types you are, follow those tips uh, to see if, if then the fatigue improves, right? Um, so again, there's a way that you can carry your fatigue into the job. And then we think that the job is the cause of the fatigue when maybe it's not, right? But if you don't love your job, if you don't like your job, and, and there's nothing you're going to do to change the fact that you don't like your job, then yes, change your job, right? Um, I, I, I tell my kids this all the time, like, do what you love. Like, don't, don't do something you don't want to do, because that's what you're going to do for most of your days, right? So yeah, if you don't like your job, change it. Um, it may not necessarily be the cause of your fatigue if you like your job, right? So it could be something with your nutrition. It could be something with your sleep patterns. It could be something with uh, toxins in the body, um, you know, or exercise, you know, so it could be other things, but uh, that that's the uh, quick and dirty of how I can answer that question. Um, question, my therapist wants to bring up my past. I don't like doing so. Isn't there another way? Yeah. So that's what we uh, discussed a couple of, I think you had the question before I answered it earlier, but uh, yes, there's another way. Um, you know, again, you can kind of do that reparenting your inner child work. Um, so if your therapist is, is um, aware of these reparenting techniques, then maybe he or she can walk you through them. Um, I don't believe in reliving your past just to identify that it's a cause of trauma and then moving on, right? Because all you're doing is entrenching that trauma. Um, so you have to do something with the, the memory once you once it comes up. You have to reprocess it 
so so that um it flows out of you right and it doesn't just get trapped again because you feel that emotion and then you don't process it right so that's how i would answer that um statement i had a car accident and head trauma uh, resulting in memory loss now some memories are coming back resulting in sad emotions i'm sorry to hear that uh, some good ones also uh, i've no noticed more headaches uh which were infrequent before these memories came back this last holiday ah interesting um so definitely get that, you know, checked out from a physiological standpoint. So if you haven't had a CAT scan, MRI, or neurological evaluation, uh, I would be uh, sure to go and do that, just to rule rule that out. Um, but again, perhaps um, a reparenting technique would be, would be good. Um, heart math would definitely be good. But if you already know that you're experiencing those types of emotions, then ha having some reparenting um, um, therapy would likely be uh, helpful. So um, hopefully you can kind of restore those memories, but the key is to let them uh, flow through, right? Um, so not to suppress the tears, let them calm, um, you know, really process it and and let let the whole thing just move through and out, right? So the human body is kind of like a a battery, right? So we get current and it goes out and in of us, right? And when we experience trauma or emotions that we don't process, it's like a break in the circuit, right? And 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 the 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 chi or the electricity can't flow through that broken circuit, it gets stuck there, right? So when you reparent your inner child, what you're doing is you're you're putting the wires back together so that the circuitry can flow again. And now that emotion can, you know, go um, out. Um, so yes, so let me see, where did we leave off? Yeah, so, so fatigue, right? So how do we begin to correct that, right? So again, it, depends on your dynamic metabolic type, right? And another interesting thing, even before I go into that, all emotions in traditional Chinese medicine affect the heart. Um, so no matter what emotion you're feeling, right? Anger, fear, um, uh, resentment, frustration, uh, rumina rumination is like you, you can't stop thinking the thought, you know, you keep re reliving the thoughts in your mind. Um, no matter what emotion you're feeling, grief, sadness, it all affects the heart ultimately, because again, in Chinese medicine, the heart houses the mind um, and the shen, right, which is kind of the uh, emotional seat of the body uh, comes through the heart. So no matter what emotion you're experiencing, if it's not processed correctly, it affects the heart, right? And so then we start to say, oh, well, no wonder heart attacks are the number one cause of death, right, um, globally, um, because all these emotions are affecting the heart. Um, and that's important to know, right? So, so if we want to reduce heart attacks as the number one cause of death, we have to begin to understand how emotions affect the heart and how to process those emotions um, and then also in conjunction with processing those emotions is um, filling in the blanks physically, right? What happened in the physical body also as a result of those emotions, as a result of that stress that damaged my metabolism, how was it damaged and how do I correct that? So you have to marry the emotional 
spiritual aspect with the physical aspect like you can't work from just one side or the other side you have to approach it from both sides it doesn't have to be at the same time but both sides have to be addressed in order for them to come together right um and i learned that through uh uh hebrew uh numerology uh, so they understand uh, the star of david um you know, the, the bottom triangle is the physical body and the top triangle is the spirit. Um, and so the, the bottom triangle has to be stable and grounded, right? So the physical body has to be stable and grounded on the planet for the spirit to interact with it uh, normally. So if all you're doing is physical work, right, if all you're doing is correcting the vitamin deficiencies or, you know, fixing the guts, um, you know, those types of things, physical things, eating right, exercising, all extremely important. But if you're doing that in the absence of looking at the spiritual and the emotional side, you, you don't get balance, right? And also, if all you're doing is looking at the emotional and the spiritual aspect, you know, you're just sitting around, sitting and meditating and hoping that that's going to fix your physical body, it's extremely rare that that happens. Not that it can't, it can happen, but it's not likely to happen if the body is ungrounded, if the body is not sound, metabolically sound. Um, so you have to have both aspects working at the same time. And so we will talk about the, the physical side of things, um, using your dynamic metabolic type to resolve fatigue when we come back from this next commercial break. You're listening to Awaken Wellness Now. We'll be right back. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milan Riobe. That's M-Y-L-A-I-N-E-R-I-O-B-E-M-D. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milan the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milen is the founder of Awakened Wellness Now, an online education community dedicated to helping exhausted entrepreneurs recover from burnout and live their best lives. She's also a practicing physician at the New York Center for Integrative Health in New York City. For more information, visit awakenedwellnessnow.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic forward-thinking show. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of Plumpy Nut and other nutrient-rich, peanut-based, ready-to-use foods, Edesia has already delivered life and hope to nearly 1 million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edesia's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediciaglobal.org. What if dreams can diagnose your life? 
What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Cannabis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research, and interpret dreams from you, the caller. Dreaming Healing Shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Come live your dreams out loud with Cat. Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at DreamVision7Radio.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awaken Wellness Now. Today, we are talking about why fatigue is the doorway to a thousand diseases and business failure. And so how do we how do we look at fatigue? How do we correct it, right? So the first thing to do is, of course, to make sure that there's not an underlying uh, medical condition as the cause of the fatigue. Um, so we check things to make sure that you're not anemic. We check blood work to make sure that you're not anemic, uh, that you don't have thyroid disease, an autoimmune condition, diabetes, um, liver failure, kidney failure, um, you know, some some fairly substantial things that could definitely cause fatigue. So we rule out diseases first, right, from, from our Western perspective. Um, and then secondly, if none of those things uh, is found, then we don't really have answers for you, um, typically in the allopathic world. And we say, you know, get more sleep, maybe do some exercise, watch what you're eating, and, and uh, we send you off, right? And then you come back next year with the same complaints, and we run the same tests again, uh, and around and around this goes, right? And this is what I experienced in my residency training and very early on in my career, I kept telling people that nothing was wrong with them because I hadn't yet understood Chinese medicine. I hadn't studied it yet. So this was way back. Um, and it was after I studied Chinese medicine that I realized, wait, <laughs> we can treat fatigue, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, fast forward, I realized that I can help clients categorize themselves into these six dynamic metabolic types. And then once they know which of the six dynamic metabolic types they are, they can then create their own personalized wellness plan uh, using the what I call personalization of the four pillars. And so we talked earlier about the six dynamic metabolic types. You can do a burnout assessment to figure out which of the six you are, right? And then what you do is you apply that to the four pillars of wellness. So the four pillars of wellness are eat, move, sleep, and detox. And if you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type, 
you want to eat small, frequent meals, right? Uh, you, do, you do not want to fast, right? Because if you have a deficient metabolism, you don't want to starve it, right? You want to feed it because the goal is to normalize it, right? So if something's too low, you want to raise it up, right? So if, if you don't have enough of something, you want to put that something back in the system so that you have enough, right? And so a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you need to eat small frequent meals to feed your metabolism. Um, now, what type of food you eat would depend on if you're hot deficient, cold deficient, or temperature neutral deficient. If you're hot deficient, then you want to eat a little bit more on the raw side, right? Uh, because hot, we can equate loosely to acidity. So alkaline foods are gonna be very useful, but again, small frequent meals of alkaline foods, right? Um, so alkaline foods are things like uh, green, leafy, bright colored vegetables, um, certain fruits, citrus and tropical fruits are quite alkaline. Um, just about everything else is more or less acidic, some much more than others, right? So there's no protein you're going to consume that doesn't have acid in it because protein is made of amino acids, right? But vegan protein sources are more on that alkaline side of that spectrum than say red meat, right? Red meat is highly acidic. Um, goat also, certain types of gaming meats, goat, lamb, highly acidic. So if you are of a hot dynamic metabolic type, you want to avoid those foods. You also want to avoid really spicy food um, because that's going to increase, increase acidity or heat in the body, right? And then you can understand also cold. If you're too cold, right? If you perceive yourself to be too cold and you're a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you need to warm yourself up. So you're the one that could benefit from the red and gamey meats, the spicier food, and the avoidance of highly alkaline food, making sure that your food is always well cooked, right? Because it's going to warm it up and you need to warm yourself up if you're too cold. But same thing, small, frequent meals. Temperature neutral, you don't have to focus so much on whether it's acidic or alkaline, but you kind of want to stay in the middle, right? And But also small, frequent meals. Um, now, if you're an excess dynamic metabolic type, if you're a hot excess, a vegan diet and intermittent fasting are going to be like your best friend, right? Because a vegan diet is very alkaline. Um, fasting is very draining. So if you have an excess hot dynamic metabolic type, you want to cool yourself down and drain out all of those toxins and, and um, that inflammation, right? Until you get back to balance and then you level yourself out, right? So you wouldn't do the fasting and the vegan diet forever. You would only do it until the time where you balanced out. And then we have tips in our burnout assessment for how you balance your, your, your eating patterns out so that you don't go down the other side. Um, and again, the same thing for cold excess, right? You would want to eat spicier food, um, and you could also do that as a vegan diet. You could also do that as an intermittent fast. That would be the most efficient way to get rid of those toxins and that inflammation that's making you tired, right? So the whole point of all this is to resolve the fatigue, right? And bring your metabolism back to balance. Temperature neutral, again, you don't have to worry about the hot and the cold foods as much, but you could still do an intermittent fast, but maybe not add the vegan uh, uh, aspect to it because the vegan diet would be cooling, right? So, so you don't want to make yourself 
hold if you're neutral. You want to stay neutral, right? And so you could do an intermittent fast. That way that would get rid of the inflammation, the toxins that gave you the excess dynamic metabolic type as the cause of your fatigue. So that way you would uh, get rid of that excess, you know, quote unquote, bad energy to level yourself out. But you would probably not want to do too much raw food, right? So you would want to balance it. Some cooked, some raw, stay right in the middle, right? And find that sweet spot. For uh, movement, right? We're talking mostly about exercise. If you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you don't want to do things that are excessively draining. So you don't want to do high intensity interval training, marathon training, um, boot camps, right? If you're deficient, because you're going to make yourself more tired. You're going to drain your metabolism out even more. Um, so you want to do restorative things, yin yoga, tai chi, qigong. You could do Pilates too. Um, very mild strength training. You know, those things would be more on the restorative side for a deficient dynamic metabolic type to, again, resolve fatigue. If you have an excess dynamic metabolic type, whether it's cold, hot, or neutral, you could do the high interval training. You could do, you know, the marathon because you, those are draining activities, right? That would help you to get rid of the toxins, so to speak. Um, and then for sleep, right? Uh, that's generally, if you're very deficient, you need extra sleep, right? And so in Chinese medicine, gender actually matters for how much sleep you need. So if you're very deficient, uh, and you're a biological male, you need about eight hours of sleep. If you're very deficient and you're a biological female, you need nine hours of sleep. So women need more sleep than men because of our physiology and menstruation, childbearing, those things kind of drain our energy out a little bit more. So we need more sleep because we make blood when we sleep, right? So we lose blood every month menstruating, even in menopause, right? You have this history of losing blood every month that leaves you in a depleted state, right? So if you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type, whether it's hot, cold, or neutral, you need nine hours of sleep as a biological female. Excess dynamic metabolic types don't need as much sleep. So for men, it's seven hours. Biological males, biological females, it's eight hours, right? And then detox. If you are a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you do not want to do a cleanse or a detox, right? Because you're already low. You don't want to drain out your low energy. That's going to make you more tired. So to balance your energy, you actually want to use the nutrition piece and the restorative exercises piece, because once you get those two pillars up, the detox will happen by itself, right? Um, and so you don't want to artificially drain out your body with a cleanse or a detox if you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type. If you're an excess dynamic metabolic type, then yes, you can, uh, you know, do a guided, I never recommend people do detoxes on their own, a guided detoxification program, because now that, that cleansing and that detox program will get rid of the excess, um, you know, energy, which are in the form of toxins and inflammation that's causing your fatigue. And so that's uh, the quick and dirty of how you can start to treat the six different dynamic metabolic types to resolve fatigue. Now, if you're a business owner, it's essential that you do that uh, if you want to have a successful business. So if you'd like some help, I do have a coaching program uh, where I walk you through this whole thing with live lessons. So visit awakenedwellnessnow.com for more information. And uh, you can book a call to speak to me if you'd like to know more about our offers. And so I think that's all the time we have. Let me just make sure. Did we have any other questions? Nope, I think we're good. So thank you so much. I hope this was helpful. 
And uh, until next time, many, many blessings. You've been listening to Awaken Wellness Now live here on Dream Vision 7 Radio. We'll see you next time. Join us next time on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD, to learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness. Awakened Wellness airs every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern of each month. Meanwhile, you can join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Dr. Me Lin and let us know what you'd like to discuss on future episodes. Dr. Me Lin is the founder of Awakened Wellness Now, an online education community dedicated to helping exhausted entrepreneurs recover from burnout and live their best lives. She's also a practicing physician at the New York Center for Integrative Health in New York City. For more information, visit AwakenedWellnessNow.com. This show is part of the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network.